Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Nadkarni. Rohan, the NBA calendar never really stops. We have the draft this week. We have free agency rumors and subterfuge to sift through. Summer League is right around the corner. But at the same time, our nights are free for the first time in six months. How have you been enjoying yourself, my man? Well, as I mentioned on the podcast late last week, I was, you know, dealing with COVID, finally coming through on the other end. I think my, the CDC, according to the CDC, I could go back outside again yesterday, which was really lovely. I've been watching just so many movies. Uh, If I may recommend Thief, Michael Mann's 1981 directorial (laughs) debut, James Caan. Just got to do one last job for the mob before he gets out of the life forever. Great just gonna, movie. Just going to let you, you know, let the listeners imagine how well that last job goes. Um, yeah, man. Just been watching a ton of movies. It's weird, though, because my days, whatever structure they had, are completely gone. I have nothing to, to get structure my days around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's always a strange feeling this time of year. What about you? Uh, yesterday, I I did some work. I had an interview, a Zoom interview with a uh, a first round, a looming first round pick for a story I'm working on, which was fun. Um, and then I binged Euphoria. Uh, that doesn't really seem I, like the kind of show people binge. I'm not in a good mental place. Yeah, I'm not that's lie. what I've heard about any person who watches that show. Just uh, you know, put the put the put the blinds down, uh, curled up in bed, and just let it rip. And I, I it's probably a, a mistake. I have a friend, a writer friend, who was interviewing someone from the cast of Euphoria, and told me they binge watched the entire show. Which is is it two or three seasons now? Two. And two, and like they did it all in a couple of days, and I think that they were in a very, very dark place after doing that. Was it Chris? Was it Chris Harry? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if Chris watched Euphoria? <laughs> uh, oh man, absolute legend! Um, did you have? I was trying to set you up for like Love Island. This could be the inaugural. So Love the Island. Love Island minute is in the works. Okay. The we're recording this on a Tuesday morning. The show just premiered on United States television today. Okay. So the Love Island minute is happening soon. I haven't watched the premiere episode yet, but you know, in the immortal words of Papa John, stay tuned. Um, 
Um, we're going to have to edit that out. We do not. No, no Papa John on this ep- on this podcast. Um, I will. I is will that, say. Is that because of the racism or the pizza? <laughs> or it's both, both man. 50-50, Listen, the little garlic butter dunker cups. Come on, that was that They're was right. prize technology at the time. You know, I can live without them, though. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's been a I will very s- long time since I've partaken Do- in their product. Don't jump back in the pool. It's totally disgusting. <laughs> um, I will say really quick, on Euphoria, there is a, a... I wouldn't call it a subplot, but the main character binge watches Love Island when she is going through a... No way. A depression spell, yes. So I thought of you when I was there watching we go. How about that? a character yeah. watch Love Island. Yeah. So there we go. Just worlds colliding. You love to see it. Um, okay, Rohan. So on today's show, we're going to open up the mailbag. A lot of wonderful emails to get to. We're going to hit some news. We're going to touch on the draft and so much more. But first, a quick reminder to please keep your emails coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, Rohan. So I think we have to start with the latest out of Brooklyn, unfortunately, where Kyrie Irving rumors are as reliable as the rising sun every morning. According to the Athletics, Sham Sharania, Irving and the Nets are at an impasse with the organization not wanting to offer a long-term contract extension. Irving has a $37 million player option that will be settled by June 30th. Until then, reportedly, the Knicks, Lakers, and Clippers are mentioned as teams that have interest. Should he opt out? Should he opt in and uh, go the sign-and-trade route? Um, Before we go any further, we should note that according to uh, ESPN's Brian Windhorst on his podcast, the reaction to this report around the league was that uh, Kyrie was searching for leverage to get the deal he wants, and that was the fundamental purpose, one could say, of this report. Um, my question to you, Rohan, is just which team will Kyrie Irving be on next season, do you think? I think he's going to start the season on the Nets, but I think he's going to finish it on a different team, and what that, who that team is, I don't know. Oh, man, I can't believe we're already here. We're like already just right back to Kyrie Irving trade rumors. This is exhausting. It is. It's a great it's word for unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. I just have a hard time believing. I think the most likely route here is he's going to sign. He's going to opt in. And just if you're a team, how do you trade for him right now? There's no way you can give him a max contract if you're one of these other teams kind of sight and see no idea how he works with the people in your building if he even wants to be there i think a long-term extension is off the table period yes point blank and then why would you give up any serious assets for someone who's going to be a free agent in a year and then on top of that i mean why would you give up any serious assets for like frankly just the most unpredictable superstar quote unquote of our lifetime who has now coming up on a little bit of a spotty playoff track record who after that huge game one in Boston didn't really have a great playoffs I just I just don't see how he gets traded and I know just me saying that he's going to get traded in some kind of insane trade now but I think he's going to start the season on that I mean that's not that's that's speculation I'm not you know I haven't asked anyone anything about Kyrie Irving recently. I don't know who would even know. I don't know who feels comfortable trying to read the tea leaves on him. But, I mean, yeah, I just don't see how, (laughs) because of his contract situation, how he gets moved, really. Were you surprised by the report? Or, as I described it, I mean, it is... We were not out of the woods with Kyrie Irving. Like, it's just Michael Myers reboots over and over and over again. Um, But were you surprised at all? What was your reaction when you saw that him and the Nets were officially at an impasse, given the fact that KD, by all accounts, still has faith in Kyrie Irving? Um, 
as his 1B sidekick, which is just... I mean... It's bad we haven't really We haven't really discussed this yet, and I'm sure it has become a topic of conversation I haven't really seen too much, but just the... Uh, the fact that Durant left the Golden State Warriors and then they won the championship and Durant is in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving and was eliminated by the same team in the first round. And I, I just don't know, man, that that could just go down as uh, kind of a cataclysmic personal decision for him, potentially. I don't know about he how he gauges his happiness, but... Yeah, just uh, just tough times, weird times in Brooklyn. I don't really know where they go from here, but were you? what was your reaction, I guess, I mean, just I to the fundamental report? I wasn't surprised because I, I think the, the seeds were being kind of planted or the, the steps being laid out for us headed to the situation. I think Sean Marks was very clearly not happy with the Kyrie situation in his postseason press conference or post-playoffs press conference. I think he... Basically said more than most GMs are willing to say in that scenario and made it very clear, like, we want players who are committed to being here, etc. What, what, what an outrageous thing to say. I mean, sir, honestly. Certainly, certainly, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they want players, basketball players are actually going to play. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's not surprising me only because there was no way he was getting that long-term contract. So I feel like this impasse was always going to happen. It's really wild that Kevin Durant, who is like a basketball genius and one of the best basketball players ever, I mean, I, they, they must just have such a great friendship, but he, he's just such an unreliable teammate at this point. Oh, man, I can't believe this is happening, but I, I just, or I can believe this is <laughs> happening. I just can't believe how quickly it's it's snuck up on us. I'm not sure how it ends. How, how do you think it ends? What do you think? How do you think this plays out? Kyrie for Russell Westbrook and two first. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think that that trade will ever happen. Um, I don't. I don't know. Like, I was thinking the other day when I first saw this report and I saw that the Clippers were interested. That was the team that I was like, oh my god! Like, what? Are, I don't believe that at all. Like, why would they do that? They have a stacked team. At the, I mean, at the same time, like they could send over. They could send over the kind of veterans that would make it really interesting for Brooklyn. Let me just, I was about to say how strange it is that you could say, you could take a bunch of role players for a ostensible superstar, multi-time all-star, probable Hall of Famer, and that the Nets would get better. They would. They need depth. They need two-way yeah. pieces. They Imagine need defenders. Imagine if they got, like, even just Norm Powell and Marcus Morris. Like, that'd be sick for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's just a. I mean, it speaks to why the Clippers should not do anything. They already have the two all-star wing superstars to do all the scoring and the playmaking, or a majority of it. And there's just all the off the court, like nonsense that you'd have to deal with for an organization that is. I don't know. Like I saw. Paul George posted on Instagram the other day, like him and eight or nine Clippers, like working out already in the offseason together. And they just seem like they're building this chemistry and they've been together for a few years now. It's like, I, I just wouldn't be touching any of that. I think that this team is focused. They're my pick to win it all next year. I would not mess around and add Kyrie Irving to the mix. I don't think that that makes you a better basketball team. I don't either. I mean, they've been saying since Kawhi and PG got there that they want more ball handling and they need a point guard, etc. I agree. I don't think Irving's the answer. I think the strength of their team is kind of the versatility they have lineup-wise. They can play so many different ways. Um, they can. They probably just have the most intriguing, you know, five-wing combinations on paper that that any team could throw out. So. I agree. Why do you mess with that? At the same time, like <laughs> time and time again, like people become enamored with Kyrie clearly for a reason. He's clearly got good relationships around the league with players. That one would be, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Nets would become so much better if they add like any two of the Clippers wings to their team. And <sighs> what do you think about 
Durant in all this because is there a chance he gets so unhappy he like do you think he retires as a net? Uh, I think that's a really interesting question because it speaks to just how long he can play and he wants to play. Mm-hmm. You would think that his he's had some serious injuries, obviously, in his career, and I don't know how his frame will age in his mid-30s, but just in terms of being a someone who can get a bucket whenever they want, I at the same time think that given the fact that he's seven feet tall and one of the greatest shooters ever, as long as he can hitch, like, I don't know. I I could see him just being like 39, 40 years old and still being not totally effective, but like I'm thinking about Dirk and like Dirk couldn't move on defense, but he could still play in the league because he would space the floor offensively. You could throw throw it to him at the elbow and run some stuff and be pretty effective. So I think KD could play for a really, really long time beyond when his current <clears throat> contract expires. And yeah, I mean, if this team doesn't reach a conference finals, doesn't make the finals, if the Ben Simmons experiment just never pans out, then, yeah, I could totally see him leaving, signing elsewhere, maybe like joining up with Chet Holmgren and Shea Gilgis Alexander <laughs> in Oklahoma City and winning a title there, which would be hilarious. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a fascinating question. What do you think? I'm just wondering if he, what he, how serious he really is about hitching his wagon to Kyrie because if the Nets trade him, even though, it, you know, weren't Kyrie, Katie, Sean, and Joe Sile supposed to sit down together, decide the course of this franchise, according to Kyrie. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see, you know, does he demand a trade? Does he try to get out, et cetera? Oh, I I just don't want to think about Kyrie Irving trades, man. It's like, how are we here this quickly? Um, but I think as maybe as kind of intense as all of this seems, I think Windhorse is onto something. There's a lot of contract stuff that needs to be played out. Um, I think it's very possible that Kyrie is looking for leverage. I think maybe he can get something similar to James Harden. Maybe he tries to get a short-term extension. Uh, there are options that the Nets have, so I think that uh, I think that he's definitely going to start the season on the Nets. All the best to him. All the best to the Nets. I hope we don't talk about this until anything is finalized, a.k.a. in like nine days. We'll probably have another (laughs) Kyrie report that we have to address. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about another really good basketball player who is in the news these days. That would be uh, Bradley Beal. Um, Beal is a free agent this summer. Um, he is being a little bit coy about his free agency, even though he said recently that his mind was made up and he knows what team he's going to sign with. I, you know, if you look at some of the things that Tommy Shepard, the GM of the Washington Wizards, have said recently, uh, it doesn't seem like, uh, Beal is going anywhere, at least in their estimation as an organization. And he's repeatedly said that all he cares about is winning, which, you know, 
Washington Wizards. I don't really see yeah. how that makes a lot of sense. Um, they got Chris Stapp's Porzingis, so those two haven't really gotten a chance to to play on the court together. Who knows how that could go? I don't. At the same time, there's like two hundred fifty million dollars coming his way if he chooses to resign in Washington, and I think you're telling me you're is- not excited about a worse partnership than Luca and Porzingis. <laughs> uh it's just it's it's uh i don't know i i i've long thought that and hoped that he would leave because i think it makes the nba way more interesting because he's super yes. talented he's one of the most he's i would never, say uh, i would say he's underappreciated honestly yeah. like he was killed for basically leading the league in scoring because of the style of play Washington had and no one played any defense, et cetera. And it was just, and I, I, I personally think if you average 30 in a game in the NBA, you're like exceptional. I don't really care what the context is. Like that's hard to do. Very, very hard to do. And I just feel like he's, he's like withering away in Washington. And if he, he signs needs a to, deal, he, he needs to play for a serious team, but the way he's talking about it, you don't say that stuff if you're like, yeah, I've made up my mind about who I want to sign with, sign with, and then like a week later he's like, I'm going to the Knicks. Like that's that's not really how these situations tend to work. I don't. I think he's resigning with the Wizards, and I'm with oh, you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it stinks. Um, for the I guess for the. Uh because we are podcasting and having a discussion about this, um, we can daydream about some teams. Like, would you? How excited would you be if if the Heat struck a deal for Bradley Beal? I would assume that that would involve it. Definitely involve Hero. It would involve some serious draft capital. Um, it would involve potentially Duncan Robinson. Um, you know, seems like a good price to pay. Yeah, it, it would be <laughs> incredible. It would be incredible if the Heat were able to swing that. I mean, yeah, like a team like Miami is the exact kind of team that needs to be aggressively trying to do it, right? I mean, on the doorstep of the finals, they need help half-court scoring. Um, I think that they've shown generally that they can get enough out of, you know, I don't think that he's Duncan Robinson on defense. I think he can hold, obviously hold up better than Duncan Robinson defensively. I think they can get enough of him on that, enough out of him on that end of the floor. Also, uh, real quick, to your point, when you are not forced to make every play on offense, you will defend better. That's just the reality yeah. of playing basketball. So Definitely. I agree with you. You know, spoke and coach him up, certainly. Uh, it would be incredible. I I mean, I just want to know. I know what your answer to this question is. So let me just ask you instead, how would you feel if the Celtics traded Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal? Because I know you'd rather have Jalen Brown. Oh, that yeah, that's a total non-starter. Uh, like, obviously. <laughs> um, I There is some people have been texting me about Beal... Um, and what the Celtics would have to give up to get him. And it would probably be something along the lines of like smart and Horford and picks. I'm just, I just don't think that that is, and it would. So let me backtrack for a second. If Beal's holding the cards here. So it's like the wizards are the type of team that, if he were to go to them and say, I want to play for the Celtics, that is the team I want to play for, they're not going to hold... The Wizards are then not going to hold the team that Beal wants to go to over a barrel. It's a terrible look. It's the same thing if Dame Lillard said, no, no, no you're making faces. I'm telling you how it would go. I, I, it would. It's the same deal if it was with... Uh, if it was the... Uh, with the Heat, with for any team, like... Or the Portland Trailblazers with Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard said, I want to go to this team very badly. They would work something out. And it, it probably wouldn't be the greatest possible value that you could get for the player. But they're not going to send him to NBA Siberia. They're just not going to do that to acquiesce. Like, it's not... 
It, do, do you disagree? That's just how like, it is. I still, it would think be they're getting, I still think they're getting that other team's best asset. The Celtics aren't giving up Jalen Brown I know, but I, Bradley Beal. I, oh, I'm just saying, but if, they, if Bradley Beal is on the Celtics, it involves Jalen Brown being on the Wizards. Well, if that's the case, which I don't necessarily think that would happen or Bro, has to don't, happen. Don't sit there and say with a straight face that it will be smart Horford and picks. I almost flipped my microphone over. Dude, I'm, I'm just saying. If if Beal were to say, "Hey, I'm going that to this is, team," that is the most Lakers fan tweet fake it's trade not. you've ever proposed. It, I, I don't even want it to happen. They're I don't not think even, that makes the getting, Celtics they're better. Not even, they're not even getting Grant or Rob in this fake trade. It's just smart, dude. Let me backtrack and say I don't think that the Celtics should be interested in Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. I don't think he makes any sense for them. I think I they agree. were two wins away from winning the title and are going to be very good next season. And for as much as I think a lot of people are kind of panicked over how their offense performed in the finals, like I think that would be a mass massive overreaction yeah. to what got them there in the first place, which is you need quality defenders at every position and um, that would be some overlap, I would say, offensively in having, well, I guess if you sent Jalen Brown out and then, yeah, so I just, I can't, it's just not, it's not what's up. It's not what's up for the Celtics. Um, another team that we talk about with- Do, do uh, the Celtics have to worry, though, about getting another star for Tatum before he can be signed by the Lakers in 2026? I'm not even- Entertaining that question. How dare you? Just you know just, the Lakers will clear the decks. You, I see. You didn't respond to the text I sent you about Tatum allegedly <laughs> wanting to change his jersey number to twenty four. Well, that was because it was from a fake account, and <laughs> I didn't want to call you out in the group text. So I, I can't. I can't respond to these things. I'm sorry. Um, but no, I mean the Lakers. They're run so competently. And why would Tatum want to leave Boston to go? I mean, I just, it, it makes a lot of sense, though, when you read the tea leaves of that organization. They really I seem mean, to have everything. I mean, on they, weren't track. Run, they weren't run competently. They got LeBron. They were run even less competently. They got Anthony Davis, um, both of whom were more highly regarded than Tatum at the time. So. Yeah, no, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think Sorry. it. Ma- I just don't think it matters how competently they're being run or not run. So another team that <laughs> we have discussed. I'm, I'm with- glad that I'm going to have four more years out of this bit. <laughs> just <laughs> an entire just presidential term left to go of this bit. Truly terrible. Um. The other team that I wanted to mention really quick is the Denver Nuggets. And you have been beating the drum on trade Michael Porter Jr. That is the piece that you would trade if you were interested in Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal would have to be interested in going to the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets would have to be interested in, you know, there's reports out of Denver right now about how internally they did not think that their defense was good enough last season, forget about Jamal Murray being hurt, to win the NBA championship, that does not solve the issue mm-hmm. there. Um, I think Beal is a better defender than than Michael Porter Jr., but um, and you know can play more minutes, et cetera, and would make their offense incredible, like one of the great offenses we've ever seen, really, potentially. Um can you imagine just I, Beal running like handoffs with Jokic? It'd be nasty. It'd be, be sick. absolutely sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't think that that'll ever happen. That's just a dream of ours. Yeah. As I don't NBA think that fans. they, I don't think that they should be going after someone like Beal either. And that's not to say Beal is not a great player; that he can't help pretty much every team in the NBA. But I'm with you. Their problem is defense, and I think the MPJ piece they need to use that to get lineup balance like they've never really had a during this Jokic era they've somehow just not had like a normal wing player they've either been too small or too bulky well they have Gordon 
They Aaron have Gordon. Gordon, but I still think Gordon is a like a tiny bit miscast still as like a small forward, which was what he plays there mostly. Um I don't know. Offensively. I just, yeah, I just think they need like I think they really need like a Harrison Barnes type, like a more classic three and D type. Um yeah, if that's maybe who I'm looking to get with someone like MPJ. Like I'm looking to get two pieces and get two really solid kind of defenders into my rotation and guys who can space, space the floor for Joker because you're going to be able to score enough points, frankly, almost no matter who's on the floor with Jokic. I mean, mm-hmm. they were able to score pretty well this season considering the disadvantages they played with offensively. Uh, but they desperately need to get defenders in there. I feel like I'm talking about Harrison Barnes like on every four podcasts we do. But I think he's in a really in a good position to help a contender. I think that's the kind of player the Nuggets need to be going after. He is. And for the record, I just I think that the the Nuggets caught like the worst matchup in the first round. Like could not I don't agree think more. They were, I don't think they were that bad on defense. I just think that the best offense and the most unique offense and singular offense is just a really bad matchup for Jokic. Um, and they, they also, it. I mean, they also were the first team that had to, you know, their first look at pool clay and Steph was the league's first look at pool clay and Steph. And they actually, that three guard lineup that was so insane like started to struggle toward the end of that series. Like Denver kind of like settled into it and the last couple games were played pretty closely. I mean, they sure they had the advantage of Steph coming off the bench as well, but I'm with you. They caught a really bad matchup um, on a, a little bit unlucky in the sense too, that no one knew what golden States rotations were, et cetera. There was kind of no way to prepare for it either, but they need to, they need to improve on that end. I think, as long as you have Jokic and Murray playing together, you're going to need other really, really great defenders in that lineup. Gordon was playing spectacular when the whole team was healthy a couple seasons ago. I like I like that piece. You hold on to him. But I think – I know MPJ's contract, I keep saying trade him. You keep saying no one's going to want to take it. I do think there's going to be some small market team or some team that's like it's worth the risk for them because they're not really going to get a talent like that. Uh, in the door very easily. Perhaps, but tell me that team that has anything that can help a title contender on it, and then we can talk, but I, I don't know who that team is. Um, let's... The Kings. Oh, geez. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Let's move on very quickly. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's... Not that interesting, and it's a few days old now. <laughs> um, but Kenny Atkinson was hmm. all but, you know, the, the, they didn't sign the contract, but it was reported that he was going to become the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets, and then he kind of backtracked after the Warriors won the championship. I assume that he got paid more money by the Golden State Warriors, a team that did not want to lose their two top assistants on Steve Kerr's staff with Mike Brown going to the Sacramento Kings. And then also there's been a little bit of reporting about the Charlotte Hornets, a a notoriously cheap organization, not wanting to give Kenny the assistance on his staff that he wants. 
Um, and that probably also contributed to it. Plus, there's some family stuff, as Steve Kerr said recently, with Kenny and his kids wanting to stay in the Bay Area, which is lovely. Um, yeah, what like what what did you make of this report? Anything? Any, Just that I, I honestly, I honestly think more assistant coaches should do this. You're with a really good team. You have a chance to win. You know, Kenny Atkinson's had the fortune of being an NBA head coach before. He knows how difficult that job is. Especially the job he had. <laughs> yeah, especially the job Just he had. shafted. Just absolutely yeah, shafted. Yeah, absolutely shafted. And, yeah, I think he's right to wait. I think he's going to always be a very sought-after coach because of what he did with the Nets, because of the experience he's now had with the Warriors. You know, there might be a chance for him for, you know, to go to a team that's more ready-made to win. Why not wait out for something like that than, you know, go to a situation where before you even step foot in the door, you have ownership or management or whoever the case may be um, meddling with your staff. Um, un- uncertain summer, what's going to happen with Miles Bridges, etc. I don't think he needs to be, he's not a first-time guy. I don't think he needs to be very, I think he can afford to be a little bit more selective, and I think that's the right move for him. Yeah, shout out to Kenny. Um, one of the best coaches in basketball, period. Would have been awesome to see him in Charlotte, frankly, because uh, just He would have coached season. those guys up, but I mean, I think Borrego was doing a good job there. I really do. Oh, well, that goes yeah. without saying he never should yeah. have been fired in the first yeah. place. But we are where we are. And I look forward to potentially, it's not official yet, but if Mike D'Antoni wants this job, it seems to be he is the front-running candidate. And Mike D'Antoni, LaMelo Ball, that's a, that's a league pass team right there. I look forward to I watching mean, it. I mean, let's just be honest. We all want to see MJ step down from the owner's booth. That would be the real... <laughs> Like a sports movie, that like would like let's just make it happen already. Like in enough to play or to coach to coach to coach. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Cigar on the sideline, thirty point loss every night. Yeah, you love to see it. Um, okay, let's let's pivot towards the draft now, which is coming up this week. Uh, off the top, before I read some emails that we got for the draft. How excited are you for this particular draft class, Rohan? We've got some bigs at the top. We've got some intriguing wings and guards in the first round. It seems to be seems to be a lot of talent here. Um, what's tickling your fancy right now? Just shaking his head. <laughs> Every year we go through the same thing with the draft. Get all these strong opinions. Uh, nobody knows anything and there's there's some people who know a little bit and they work tirelessly over the course of many years to know what they know and the idea that some people can just swoop in after a couple weeks of watching YouTube and be the experts on all this I mean I know the names of like three guys we got we got Ivy, we got Holmgren, we got Smith. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna be uh, another barn burner for sure. That so those are my thoughts on the draft. So I don't want to sidetrack our draft conversation, and I'm about to read an email, but I just got uh, Chris Chris Herring co-host of the show his uh his weekly newsletter the playmaker just came out and the headline was six teams with the best shot at dethroning the warriors mm. honorable mention the miami heat i just want to get your thoughts in real time only about an that. honorable mention <laughs> so does that mean they didn't make the top six they did not make the top six and Disgusting. they weren't they also weren't the first honorable mention either really God, thank God this is just a newsletter. This isn't, you know, on the website of Sports Illustrated. Good Lord. Let me, <laughs> let's see, let's see who the six teams Herring's gotten here are. 
Wow. Right above the Pelicans, you got the Miami Heat. Just oh you love God. to see it. You love to see it. Um, okay. I did not want to hijack, but I just had to get your reaction because it was priceless and we love Chris. Oh, my Everyone God. This guy can't. Maker. This guy in the Mavericks. Give it a rest already. <laughs> okay. So moving on, uh, we have this email from Thaddeus, longtime listener. Thaddeus writes, what are your impressions of how some of the top guys in the draft would fare from day one? Would they excel in the playoffs we just watched? Who might get played off the court and need years to adapt? Is there anybody you see getting love who you just don't see how they'd project to get real minutes in those games or who you're pounding the table for being a future all-NBA guy? Uh, thank you so much, Thaddeus. I'll just say off the top, it's really fascinating to me that there are three bigs mm-hmm. who are projected by everyone to go top three and w- where that kind of puts the league going forward, where I do feel like small ball is increasingly, it's it's kind of going the way of the term three and D for me. Where we don't need it anymore. Mm. I'm not going to say small ball. I mean, we just watched the playoffs. There were teams that downsized, of course, throughout. Had a lot of success downsizing. We also saw teams perform better with their starting centers on the floor, like in the NBA Finals, which should be pointed out. And I, I think it's it's we've been trending in this direction for quite some time now where skill matters more. You want five skilled players, five guys who can be mobile defensively. It doesn't matter how big they are. And the league and the players entering the league are evolving. And so we're seeing more fluidity in humongous prospects where a Jabari Smith can move his feet. He's 6'10 or Mm -hmm. whatever, can shoot, put it on the deck, defend multiple positions uh, Chet Holmgren seems to be a fluid dude who's versatile on both ends. Um, Paolo is same deal, I think, a little bit more offensively than defensively, where you're not a traditional back-to-the-basket, throw-it-in-the-post, rim-running mm-hmm. big man. And so I think all these guys, when they're by the time they're in their primes, that's just going to be where the league is. So I don't – I think – we might be overblowing the, like, I'm seeing a few mock drafts that are like, and just write-ups on big boards and whatnot about how there's no chance, like, three bigs pan out. And the I t- mean, you, like, you can't be, like, a useless big anymore. You have to be, like, loony and be able to survive on switches and make the right cuts. It's sorry, you have to be DeAndre Ayton and have... A little bit of offensive versatility in your game. Again, survive on switches. Uh, those things. So it's not that centers can't survive anymore, but as you mentioned, they have to have this wide skill set. I think if there's one that I'm... I mean, I'm just... I'm interested to see... If we're talking about playoff basketball, I'm interested to see Chet in that context one day. It's not that I think mm-hmm. he cannot succeed. I just... He's such a wild card seeming type prospect just because of his build, etc. Like we don't see that type of center necessarily have a ton of success. The very little college basketball that I watch, I emphasis on very little. I thought um, Boncaro from Duke, I, I he looked like he had a really NBA ready body. Like he looked like you could put him on an NBA court. Uh, and he would belong. I liked kind of like the polish he had to his offensive game. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think all top three guys, they're not – they are all – they all have enough versatility to their games. that I, Like, there's no one who I'm nervous about, at least at this point in their careers. Yeah, I think that these guys, as so long as you can defend and not be picked on – you can play in the NBA playoffs. I think yeah. that that is the that's the floor for everybody. Period. Like you have to be able to defend. I don't care who you are. Like John Moran, for example, is going to get minutes. He's going to play thirty five, thirty eight minutes, forty minutes, whatever. 
But as we saw, he was picked on. And that's something that he's going to have to work on going forward. Same deal for Trey Young. Doesn't really matter how great you are offensively. Well, it does matter. But you are going to get picked on. You need to evolve. You need to build your body up. We saw Steph Curry do it throughout his career. That's just the reality of where we're at, I think, with mismatch hunting, etc. So on that note, I will say uh, Jaden Ivey out of Purdue really fascinates me. And there's a report. I believe Mark Stein had it. I'm not 100% positive. I believe it was Mark Stein. A report that the Memphis Grizzlies are interested in trading up to four to try to get him. And it's like the juiciest trade rumor that no one's talking about because... Why would they go out and get another guard, though? So they obviously have they have a relationship with Jaden Ivey and that they're his mother, who is the head coach now of the Notre Dame women's basketball team, she was a assistant coach for the Grizzlies during Ja Morant's rookie season. They have a close relationship. Ja and Jaden developed a close relationship. Jaden's favorite player is Ja. And why would they? So like, I hear that for sure. And then I'm also like, if you had two unguardable, and I don't know if Jaden Ivey will ever reach this level in the pros, Everyone says that he can. That's why he's projected to go top four in the draft. But if you have two unguardable swingman slash primary ball handlers, and you know, yeah, but I think they need a. But I think they need a swingman. I think they need someone with actual size. I'm not. I don't disagree. I think the how dynamic they could be, and like. Defensively, they held up this year with some, you know, you look at that roster, you're not like, oh, this is full of all defensive player, all all defensive team caliber players. I mean, there's obviously some very plus, they're yeah. plus defenders, plus individual defenders on that roster, but you trust your system and I don't know. I just think that that's, it's just, it's fascinating. I'm not going to say it's like genius. I think it's just, it's super fascinating as as a team building exercise to say this guy can compliment Ja who potentially needs the ball in his hands um who can't be guarded in space Ja can't be guarded in space like how do you how do you like put the clamps on this team I don't know I'm just it's just something I saw that really fascinated me and they it's would very be, interesting they would know him very well so yeah. they would it's interesting it's very interesting I don't love the move for them and I think that they need to they're close, man. They're really close. Um, I don't think this year was fluky for them. Well, it was a little weird how successful they were without Ja, but I think that they, I think that they need to go find a star. They need to go find someone. I think having a vet on that team, who's also one of their better players, would be really, really helpful. I don't know the, about this idea about even getting younger. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting one though. It's definitely juicy. It's definitely juicy, and I hear what you're saying about the potential of it, but it's a gamble. It would be a very big gamble. Is anyone else in the draft? Is anyone kind of catcher? Any teams that you have your eye on going into the draft in terms of you know, we have a lot of there's a lot of trade chatter. Thursday could be um, very busy. You've got the Kings at four. You've got the Blazers at seven. Um, you've got teams like, I mean, the Knicks at 11. There's been rumors of them wanting to move up. You have the Wizards if Beal resigns and they think Beal is going to resign. I, I don't think that they take a player with that pick. I think mm-hmm. that they're active trying to move it. Um, just a lot of activity that we could see. The Hawks at 16. I don't know if they're super interested in, you know, they've been, they could attach that pick to, to Collins and see what they can get there. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of really intriguing um, rumors going around and teams that might want to win sooner than later. Just who, who, ha- who do you have your eye on as just a, a total wild card? Um, well, I do think the Kings are interesting because it does seem like they're in a little in a little bit of a weird spot at four. 
where I think most people agree Ivy's the fourth best prospect in this draft, but would they really take another guard? Um, We've been talking for a long time about how they have players on that team would be intriguing for other playoff teams. At the same time, they made the Sabonis trade at the end of last season with the idea that they're going to try to get better. What if they actually use the fourth, they try to use the fourth pick to get a vet? Um, that I think is going to be kind of like the first domino to fall of the draft. So I'm interested to see what happens there because I think that move will probably end up dictating a lot of what ha- happens elsewhere in the draft. Yeah, the draft I'm, starts at four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought you were like telling me what time it is because I have no idea anything about the NBA <laughs> draft. But yes, I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Uh, um, I do wish there was a world in which the Oklahoma City Thunder were an aggressive team. I don't expect them to do anything interesting, even though they have all their future picks and some late picks in the first round. But I uh, just wonder, you know, a lot of people are, I think this is already next year now, but people are talking about uh, Wembenyana, who Wu texts us about sometimes. But, like, I feel like the Thunder are already positioning themselves for him. And I feel like it's going to be another year of them doing an even more shameless tank job than the Philadelphia 76ers of the process era. And I I would just like to see them at some point be a little bit more aggressive because of how much respect I have for Shea as a player. I actually don't think that they will. I don't think, I think that, they wish that he was coming out this past year than this upcoming year. Assuming I'm that sure. they draft, if you draft Chet, I'm not saying that they're going to like be a great team, but Giddy, Shea, Chet, they've got some, you know, Lou Dort. Like Dort, they just, they've Dort got some, is a legend. They've got some players. Like we'll see how it goes. I, I it would Goku. be exactly. He is an adventure. So it would be. Weird if they shut anybody down again. I'm not. I'm not ruling that out, but I do think with you know that's a foundation right there. And I yeah. don't know. I mean, Victor and Chet. I don't know if those two could. I don't know. It's just. It's. I think OKC is going to try to win this season. Is my read on what they're doing. Um, real quick before we move on, what I would really love. To see, I mean, I wish that the Pistons got the first pick, but they didn't. Um, but I, you know, going back to Jaden Ivey, if he falls to the Pistons at five, I think that would be just that's be what you fun. want. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you want. I mean, that's a perfect situation for him. It's a perfect running mate for Cade, and. You're basically going from upgrading Killian Hayes to Jaden Ivey going forward, and that would just be you've got a little bit of a foundation there to build from and two potential all-stars. Well, one definite all-star and then another potential all-star. That would just be really fun for, I think, the league. and I think it's a possibility. It's it's a possibility. The fourth pick's going to be weird, so I think it's in play. I think Wu right now has Ivey mocked to the Pistons, so it's in play. We should have had Wu on this episode, honestly. I was, but he's so I, busy. I was going to do a bit where I literally called him, but I didn't think our producers were going to like that very much. <laughs> but I was going to do a bit where I literally called him and just asked him a couple questions and be like, bro, you're on open floor. I don't want to answer draft questions because you, you answer a couple for me. We'll have him on at some... Maybe we'll recap the draft with Wu. There we go. That's not a bad That'll idea. That'll be fun. We'll, we'll let him talk about R.J. Barrett, his favorite player. It'll it'll be a lot of fun. So he doesn't like to that. admit it. he doesn't like to admit it, but he likes being on open floor. Oh, who who doesn't? Yeah, you know? true, true. It's true. It's an honor. Yeah, and a privilege. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Um, all right, we have another email <clears throat> shifting away from the draft for a second. It comes in from Eric, who writes... Hi, Mike, Chris, and Rohan. Greetings from the city by the bay. Mike, sorry but not sorry for your pain. (laughs) With his fourth title and sixth finals appearance, where does Steve Kerr rank among the game's greatest coaches? He has now won a championship with a constant trio, but basically three different sets of players, from KD as the alpha to the rebirth of Andrew Wiggins. As Phil Jackson has shown, managing talent is its own form of coaching greatness. Would you now put him ahead of Spolstra but behind Pop in today's game? Uh, thank you, Eric, for this email. Fascinating question. I don't... Okay. I'll start by saying I simultaneously don't think Kerr receives enough credit. And I still think Eric Spolstra is a better coach. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I think Kerr is spectacular. His emotional intelligence, I think, is his best trait as a coach. I think he knows how to have a steady hand with that team. He knows what games are important, what not to freak out about, etc. He also does have probably the easiest superstar of any of these coaches. I mean, outside of Pop and Duncan, but like put Kerr in charge of the 98 Bulls or put Kerr in charge of the 2002 Lakers, uh, you know, put him in charge of Jimmy Butler's sideline outburst uh, late in the season. It's not that I think he can't handle those things. It's just that he's, I mean, he's had some stuff with Draymond, certainly, and I don't want to minimize that. But Oh, that's been some yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And yes, you can say the KD thing was not easy, but that team was so overwhelmingly good. I don't know. It sounds like I'm trying to take away credit from Kerr. I'm with you. He's a fantastic coach. Top five in the NBA. I mean, he's obviously going to retire as one of the most accomplished individuals to just ever pick up a basketball. But, yeah, for a few reasons, I'm still going to go Spo ahead of him. Kerr is a legend. Um, he is basketball royalty. Can't say anything bad about him. I think that throughout his coaching tenure, people have picked apart some of the decisions that have not worked out that he has made instead of mm-hmm. highlighting his greatness. And we look at it now as a foregone conclusion that anyone would just run the offense that they run or yeah, downsize with Draymond at the five and run pick and roll. They People criticize them for not running enough pick and roll to, okay, well, that pick and roll kind of transcended the game and changed the game forever with the four on threes and unleashing Draymond in the way that they have. And the adjustments that they made defensively in the finals even were masterful. And um, so you can't really, he's just, he's a great coach. And I think maybe when we rank guys um, at this level, it sounds like we're making digs and I couldn't yeah it couldn't be further from the truth I just think he's an all-time coach as he was voted top 15 all-time um this season and four in eight years is I mean that's just pantheon stuff so shout out to him he's I mean he's he's one of my favorite people in the game he's just one of my favorite people in the game for so many reasons and I'm with you (laughs) I know you see Warriors fans all the time you know, complaining about a rotation decision or a strategic decision. And there's just so much that he does right and so much that he does well managing that team, getting everyone to buy in. Uh, it's really remarkable. 
So shout out to Steve Kerr. Okay, this is an email that we've been sitting on for a while, and I just want to, I feel like it's red meat for you, and I don't want to hold it away from you any longer. So it comes in from Jared, who writes, Hey guys, huge fan. You never disappoint. We were arguably a Jimmy Butler 3 from seeing the Heat in the finals instead of the Celtics. Based on what you've seen, or what you saw, I should say, in the Boston Golden State series, how do you think a Miami Golden State finals would have played out? Rohan, I'll just give you the floor. What are your thoughts on this (laughs) hypothetical scenario? No, I mean, I think it would have been also a good series. I think the Heat could have pushed them to six or seven as well. I still would have picked the Warriors. Um, I picked the Warriors at seven against Boston. I probably would have picked them at six against Miami. I mean, Miami's offense was not very good. Golden State finished the finals, as you as you'd like to mention, Mike, with an even better defensive rating than what Boston had during the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think Miami would have probably taken a little bit better care of the basketball, but their half-court offense would have been a total adventure against Golden State. So it's a fun question. I think it would have been interesting, and I think Spo would have died. I would have liked to see Spo game plan against Steph for a full series. That would have been really interesting um, to see what he would have tried to do against the Warriors. I, that's really all I think would have been very different and kind of fun to watch, but I still think the Warriors would have won. I think the Warriors would have won after watching the series. I feel... I feel, I mean, there were certain things that happened in that series that now I'm taking that into my equation, like Andrew Wiggins' individual defense on Jimmy yeah. Butler. Um, like, I didn't anticipate Andrew Wiggins playing that great on-ball defense. I know he's, I'm not saying he's a bad on-ball defender, but bringing it on every yeah. possession, as he did, um, you got to tip your cap. And then... Yeah, you know, I I even think, like, defensively, like, I don't know. It would have been, they don't hunt, the Warriors don't hunt, but, like, watching that offense, just, like, really, you need just top tier. Like, what they did by the end of the series to the Celtics defense was just, like, I mean. Yeah. Steph is just, like, there's no answer for him. So, like, as great as Spo is. I don't know what he would have done, and it would have been really fascinating to to watch. But I don't necessarily think it would have it would have worked, um, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, it would it would have been fun though for sure. Um, watching Jimmy just try to strap a team on his back is always enjoyable. Yeah, and I wonder how much he would have had left in the tank. Also, is another thing coming out of the Celtics series. Well. well- Heat players don't complain about fatigue. I know that's been an excuse thrown around a lot. Uh, I believe. I believe. Tatum. I believe. I believe. Pat Riley said about Kyle Lowry, he needs to be in better shape next season. Yeah, that's not. That's not making an excuse. That's challenging someone to be better. It's not coddling him like everyone's doing with Tatum because apparently he had to play a lot of minutes for a twenty-four-year-old, and you know, so God forbid, <laughs> um, you know. Hopefully he gets plenty of rest this summer. So yeah, I think I think you know one organization challenges its players uh, to do more, and then you know this, the Boston State media wants to coddle Tatum. Uh, I don't think I don't think there's been any coddling. I do think that Tatum played more minutes than anyone in the history of the NBA at oh, that age in the postseason. That's just a, it's just a fact. Um, but you know he wouldn't have played all those more minutes if they didn't defeat the Miami Heat in game seven in Miami and advance to the finals and get to play those. Well, he also wouldn't have to play all those minutes if the team was as good as everyone said they was, and they didn't need seven games in rounds two and three, but. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Rohan, is there anything else that you would like to say about the, the Miami Heat um, and their theoretical quest from the 2000, 21-22 season? Or, oh, wait. You know what? There was some Miami Heat news now that we're on the topic. It seems like P.J. Tucker is going to re-sign with the Heat and that the opt-out of his player option was just to kind of 
Um, I don't want to say it was like a... I think he can start at a higher salary, get an yes. extra year, et cetera. Yes. When you saw him opt out, did you did your heart skip a beat for a second? I'm not a, not was, thrilled about it. Not thrilled about it. There's any the chance vult- that he'll leave? The vultures will be circling, but I don't know, man. Strange things happen. I'm not... To me, it's not an open and shut case. We'll have to see. All right. So I think that'll do it for today's show. Um, Rohan, thank you so much for your your expertise and your insight. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for the wonderful emails. Please keep them coming in. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody stay safe. Everybody enjoy the NBA offseason. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.